Hello and welcome to episode 9 of the Ball and Foot Podcast. I'm your host, Dan, and I'm joined by my co-host, Jason, today. How are you doing today, sir? I'm pretty good. How are you? I'm doing well, man. Doing well. Just making it, living life to the fullest. Uh, I've decided, I just told you this off camera before we started, that I felt a little little depressed last episode. I'm going to bring some more energy to this one. going to be a little more pumped oh, up. Yeah. got spurs coming on sunday so i feel like i need to bring some good positive vibes to this episode we got a positive vibes man yeah it, uh okay um you've inspired me i was gonna bring the not positive vibes but i will try to bring as positive vibes as i can muster <laughs> all right man. yeah so anyway guys we're gonna jump into this we're gonna do a little transfer market uh update for y'all to begin the episode and then we're gonna do a little tottenham match preview um for those of you who are going to watch the match on sunday listen to our review because um it's going to be the most technically sound review you've ever heard in your life and we will predict the scores exactly right and everybody else that's doing a preview episode sucks so yeah that's all i gotta say about that uh, agreed <laughs> i have been reading um lots of soccer books um i can't name the titles right off the top of my head but they are really technical like you said so i know all the things now and i can't wait to um expound upon my knowledge to the masses oh man all right let's expound on some of our knowledge in the transfer market a uh, few updates <laughs> from uh the chelsea transfer window this week uh, of course the big one happening today and that timo werner is officially gone um going back to leipzig um 20 million pounds plus bonuses uh contracts until 2026 2027 and so a little sad on this one but understand the business side of it at the same time yeah how so i'm, I'm sad too i mean i think that we've talked about Werner on this podcast enough to know that we we rated him um at least in terms of work ethic and we're hoping that he could come good on on some of that and, and it but i have a question like so between him and Lukaku and, you know, our history, do you, do you think that this affects how future strikers look at our club? Because we, I mean, some people don't think we're cursed. I might think that we're cursed a little bit up front. I don't even think it's the number nine. I think it's like all of them. Uh, maybe Sterling breaks that this year. I don't know. But do you, do you think that this affects, like, people look at, Maybe maybe a striker looks at Chelsea and goes, I don't know if I can if I can be good there. I don't I don't know. I think it's a fair question. I think it a lot of it has to do with managers and who's here whenever they we try to recruit new strikers. Because I feel like Werner was in position to score goals uh, mm -hmm. quite a bit with Tuchel and and with Lampard when Lampard was here. You know, or yeah, he played under Lampard, didn't he? It's yeah, been that he did. long. Yeah, mm -hmm. gosh, I've been here for. He signed under like Lampard, right? Yeah, he did. It doesn't seem like he's been here that long, but he has, I guess. Um, anyway, so I feel like he was in position to score a lot of goals, and he just didn't finish. Which I think was our hope that you know he always would sort of turn that corner, and he just never did. He was, I mean, that's the thing about Warner. He was beloved by the fans. Mm -hmm. Like the fans, we all loved Warner. Like, and I think Reddit. it was because, of, like you said, it was his work ethic that he had. Reddit was mourning him today. As well, they should. Um, at least they got something right today. About the only thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just I thought like does superstition play a role in like what we were talking about a few weeks ago? I don't I don't know. It just um, I, all I could think of today was another one bites the dust. Like there's yeah. there goes another guy from the top. Um, that, that couldn't quite make it at, uh, Chelsea FC. So I, I just, it was sad and, um, I liked Werner. I, there's been like a lot of things going on or a lot of things going around of him and like just kind of the antics that they had off camera and like the prank that Jorginho and Mount pulled on him, uh, mm -hmm. for like a Yokohama commercial was hilarious. And so I, uh, yeah, I was, I was a little sad I was, and, but I'm, I'm, I'm sad for Werner and hope that he has a lot of success. But then I'm also just sad that we just had another person up top that couldn't quite make it. Yeah. I mean, you, you look at 
who hasn't made it here that we've paid ridiculous amounts. I mean, Torres didn't make it here. You know, Werner didn't make it here. Lukaku didn't make it here. I mean, over the last, I mean, really since I've started watching Chelsea, since we've started watching Chelsea, I guess I should say, because we started at the same time, we've had two out and out good strikers at this club, Drogba yeah. and Costa. Costa. That, yeah. That's Costa was, and I don't know if it's because Costa, I, I rate Dio Costa. I love Dio Costa on this Chelsea team. Like when he was under Conte and had Fabregas and had, that was some of the best football that we've Loved played. Him. Yeah, I love Diego because he's one of those players that you hate if he's not on your team, but you love if he is on your team. Exactly. And so when he was here, I loved me some Diego Costa. But um, yeah, I mean, I think I definitely believe the curse is real. I think there's something to it. <laughs> like I don't know. I'm assuming that Costa. I mean, obviously, I think it's clear that that Drogba had some kind of African voodoo priest bless him. And that's why the <laughs> curse did not affect Drogba. And I don't know what kind of voodoo, you know, Costa was into, but he clearly didn't affect him. So I don't yeah. know, but I think there's something to it. You know, I don't. Yeah. Hopefully uh, it's broken. So we'll see Hopefully what happens. So. Yeah. And I'm, I am, I'm with you. I'm sad. Werner's leaving. Um, it is. It's it's bittersweet. Like I get why we're having needing to let mm-hmm. him go to save money for wages for sure, and it does help us balance our books in the long run to get mm-hmm. rid of him. But it is sad to see him go at the same time. So well, and that fee is um, pretty close to the amortization that he had left on his loan here. So like mm-hmm. money wise, works out. Even though it does seem like a little bit of a low uh, fee, but uh, it's probably fair in the long run. For sure, for sure. And I mean, especially with him not performing, you know, up to what he was performing at when he came in here and then the years left on his contract. So, I mean, sure. I mean, it is at this point, we just have to sell people. Like, we have to start getting rid of people to get their wages off the book and to just get them out of the club because they have no future here. So, it is what it is, you know, at this point in time. Um, And, of course, uh, another sad sad person is moving on from this club and I'm just absolutely devastated. And I cannot believe that this is an actual thing that Chelsea is doing. I don't understand why they're doing it. We're literally letting our best player go out on loan in SAR. I'm mm. just dumbfounded by this move. Chelsea, what are you thinking? Is that why you're wearing a black veil? Yes. It's totally why I'm wearing a black veil. Oh, so not for Werner, but for SAR. Yeah. Okay. Just Correct. making sure. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's for SAR, not for Werner. I have, you know, Werner's, a, I'm like a, like a five on the sad meter. For Sar, I'm like right. 150 on the sad meter. So, what are we gonna do without Sar? I, I mean, I mean, I guess uh, he. I think you know he wanted out because he realized that Sterling came in and Sterling has a better ass than he does. So <laughs> you know that's that's the reason Sar wanted out of the oh, club. Clearly, uh, you know I. Just add it to the long list of why players come and go at a club. <laughs> oh, but in all seriousness, I'm not. I'm not sad at all that Sar's leaving. I'm happy he's going out on loan. Uh, they're gonna Monaco's gonna take him for six hundred thousand pounds. Um, with an obligation to buy for ten million plus three million as on if he meets certain criteria. Nobody. I, I've looked. I don't know what this criteria is. The conditions he has to meet. The closest thing I've heard is maybe matches that he has to play in. I don't know what the conditions are, but I just hope he meets them so he can lead the club for good next year. That's interesting that they're responsible for the obligations. They could totally keep him from getting those. I guess hopefully he performs and then that makes them want to put him in a position to meet the obligations. Yeah, I can just see it getting down to like he needs like, you know, 22 matches to play in, you know, or something like that mm-hmm. to, you know, be transferred out an obligation to buy and they just sit him like the last month of the season because <laughs> yeah. he has 21 matches played and they're like, ah, we don't really want him, So we're just going to not let him play for the last month. Um, I definitely will be watching some of these games to see uh, if we can guess what the obligations are that we should just have a drinking game. <laughs> Hopefully it's not score goals because <laughs> we're screwed. If that's the case, even yeah. though he's a defender. So. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, bad. Yeah, so that's the two big outgoings. I think the other, you know, big one that I think we've all known this one's coming. It's still not official yet, um, but Alonzo going to Barca. Um, they have to activate that fourth lever before Alonzo can even go. Got. 
I don't know. I mean, they're not even going to have assets to sell off after this summer. I mean, that's wild. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I saw that Barca, or I saw somebody say Barca was trying to shore up a few things, but basically everything is a go for Alonso. But they have to get those. I guess they have to activate the other levers before they can get to the fourth lever, and then once they are in a position to activate it, then they will. But it's it's a formality at this point, seemingly, like you said. Seemingly is a good word to use here because that's exactly a pretty good uh, way to describe our transfer window this year. Seemingly, we're going to sign this guy. Seemingly, we're going to sign him and it never happens. So I honestly don't think he's going to leave until I honestly see it with my own two eyes. Yeah, same. But yeah, Barson needs to hurry up and get their crap together. I mean, they can't even register. Whatever. Anyway, we're not talking about that. Um, Another big thing, uh, Cho uh, has asked to leave uh, the club on loan this year after being mm. left out the Everton match. Um, no, I, I think, I don't know. I don't know. I chose one of those. We talked about him a little bit last week. I feel yeah. like he's one of those. We really want to see him succeed at the club, but he's just not progressing at the rate. I think we would like for him to. So I think alone in this situation is good for him. Especially mm-hmm. if you can get more playing, consistent playing time. Like, that's the big thing. So, and apparently How there's a lot of interest around now, though. 20, 21, something like that. Somewhere in there. I don't know. That's that's pretty good. Early early 20. Older, 21, maybe. I'm Googling. I'm just slow at typing. He is 21 years old. 21, yeah. I mean, that's... I mean, he's still got some growing to do. So, yeah, if mm-hmm. he... Hopefully we just loan him out and he can come back and and be great. But yeah, it's he's he it feels like he's been with us forever. So um mm-hmm. and we haven't seen much output. Uh glimpses, but I feel like that's most of our team is just glimpses. For sure. For sure. And I mean I think the the biggest question that I saw around him that got raised was that either, you know, if somebody does come along with a big enough offer for him, do we take it? Yeah. So I mean that's a that's a scenario to think about because I don't I don't really know. I I like Cho, so I would like to see him succeed here at Chelsea. And from everything I've read, that's what he wants to do is succeed at Chelsea. So I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, I I hope so too. Uh I mean I, I, I also want him to succeed. I hope that he would, but um but yeah, twenty one is still pretty young, so I don't know. I'm torn. I'm torn. But yeah, I, I agree. Like if somebody makes a big enough offer for him, then maybe it is time. But for sure. And I mean, I think that's the thing is like now you're like there's reports that sort of started leaking out today that, you know, Polisic and Ziyech aren't happy and that, you know, Tuchel is going to, you know, he's definitely listening to offers for Ziyech and possibly Polisic too, you know, because they're both sort of unsettled at the club. And I'm just like, okay, if we sell those two and then we sell Cho, it's like, or it's not sell Cho, but loan Cho out, like we're, even more thin up top now and lack even more depth up top. So it's just, right. I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah. I feel like our, uh, like up top definitely. And we can probably talk about this in just a minute, but uh, yeah, that's definitely where we need to start shoring up some stuff for sure. Yeah. I think we just need to figure out where we're going, what we're doing, who we're going to sell. So we know who we Mm -hmm. need to bring in. Cause I mean, Aubameyang is being linked to us right now, which I don't understand. I don't know get the bombing thing. I mean, I don't know. I, I really just hope it doesn't happen. So yeah, same. Um, like, is it how, how much have you heard about that so far? Cause I, I saw like, I didn't see much chatter about it today, but I saw some stuff uh, a little bit earlier this week or maybe even last week. It was, I mean, it's pretty from what last couple things I've read today. It's like any day now we'll know about, whether he's going to come here or not or stay. So I think it's one of those things, whether, you know, we'll know before the end of the week, whether he's going to be here or at least if we're going to put a bid in for him or he's going to stay at Barca. Cause I mean, he did get his new kit number today and they had a reveal for it. So I'm sort of like, well, that doesn't coincide with him leaving the club, you know? So I was a little confused by that, but yeah, Barca will be Barca. Yeah. Yeah. Barca. (laughs) Who, yeah, that is the probably the best summation of that. There's nothing to add there. 
Yeah. And, but I think the, the overall thing about with like Timo and Saar and all of them leaving, I think the big thing with Timo, Lukaku, Saar, and Alonso all leaving the club this year, we're saving somewhere between 40 and $45 million a year just in wages alone. So wow. that in and of itself is huge like for us as a club. Yeah, that's incredible. That It's incredible that we are paying everybody this much. Yeah, it really is like some of the, you know, salaries we have on this club, which is one of those things like I don't necessarily have an issue with Pulisic going because he's getting paid quite a bit mm. for the amount that he plays and what he provides for the club. I feel like he's overpaid. Um, Yeah. So and then, you know, I don't know. It, you get ZH out the club, too. That would be great. You know, Cho isn't cheap you know, considering his output again. So it was one of those things like if we can at least loan him out this year and get some of his wages off our books, that'll help save us some money this year. So I feel like we're working towards that balancing of the books. So I don't know. I feel like we have some, we're, we're starting to gear in the right direction. I just need, I think we'll have more clarity at the end of the window. I'll just say that. Yeah. When we do our revised predictions. I cannot wait for that episode. That's gonna. That's the thing I'm looking forward to the most. It's gonna be a. It's gonna be an interesting episode to see how much we change um, our opinions, or if we do change our opinions at all. So <laughs> yeah, I was. Uh, I, I watched several Premier League predictions, you know, from other people, and mm-hmm. I think I'm by far the one of the few people that have Southampton going down. Wow. Yeah. I um. Yeah, I think I texted you uh, during the. Uh, uh, like maybe uh, yesterday or the other day, it doesn't matter. <laughs> but I texted you, and uh, I said, "Yeah, I think that my final three predictions all won or something <laughs> like that." So I'm I'm already doing pretty poorly, and then Liverpool drew at Fulham, so and I predicted them to win the league. So I'm terrible at this. Uh, I don't know if I'm just terrible at predictions or the whole podcasting thing in general yet to be seen. <laughs> <laughs> nah man I think City surprised me with as good as they played on Sunday like mm-hmm. I thought I knew they would probably beat West Ham that was never like a doubt but like the ease that they scored the goals with was just like the silkiness of De Bruyne's passes to Holland and the I mean I knew Holland was fast I didn't realize he was that freaking fast mm-hmm. like the dude is just nuts like crazy so I'm glad he didn't come here because his career would have suffered. <laughs> <laughs> he he is poised to have such a good season. He is. And now I'm looking back and I'm like, why did I not pick him to win the golden boot? Like same. maybe I should have done that. So same. I'm going to stick with my son prediction, but at the same time, it's like, okay, Holland already has two and that was against West Ham. He's going to murder some of these lower tier teams. Right. Well, not to not to get too far ahead, but yeah, like we were talking about uh, pre-show, and son, the Tottenham scores four, you know, and then you see that on paper, and neither son nor Kane scored one of those, which That's is, true. is absurd. It is. It is crazy to think that Tottenham had goals outside of son and Kane this year. That's nuts. Yeah. Um, I don't know. And, and freaking Eric Dyer was one of their goals, and I think that was like. <laughs> I forgot. That was like the first time in forever Dyer scored for them. Yeah. Like, and it was just nuts. Um, anyway, uh, so good segue into us uh, talking about the Tottenham match. Um, this coming up Sunday. Uh, Tuchel versus Conte again for the fourth time since uh, Conte has been here. Um, I think the biggest thing that we need to address the elephant in the room before we ever even talk about this match is that Chelsea is probably already screwed before the ball, the the, the kickoff yes. even happens because Anthony freaking Taylor is refing our game and none other than Mike Dean is on VAR. We're just screwed. We're screwed. I, who, who retired this year that it was like one of our most hated refs? I thought it was one of these. It was two. Mike. It was Dean. Dean retired and he went to like VAR stuff now. So, oh, he just retired. Oh, I thought we were rid of him forever. Okay. No, that sucks. Yeah. 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 It's not. Uh, I, when I saw those come out Monday, I think they came out Monday. Yeah. 
And I was just like, you've got to be kidding me. We could not have drawn two worse refs to be the officials for this game. Like this is just like the history of Chelsea and Anthony Taylor. It just goes back games upon yeah. games. Like it's, it's not just like one time he screwed us. It's been multiple times. That Anthony Taylor has screwed us. So that's an interesting point. How, how do they pick refs for games? Cause I, I've never known. Your guess is as good as mine. I just read Twitter and they announce the refs. Is it just some secret FA thing that they do? Or they like drink? I don't know. Yeah. Soda and have a draft. Yeah, probably. Probably. Uh, they probably go to Anthony Taylor's like, hey, who do you want to screw this week? And he's like, oh, I haven't screwed Chelsea in a while. I'll go screw them this week. You know, so. <laughs> Puts down his LaCroix. Yeah. Takes his, takes his <laughs> Chelsea. It's like, dude, get some, oh, get some flavored soda, not barely flavored soda. Oh, man. Yeah, so I'm definitely not looking forward to this match. I'm sure there will be controversy at some point in time in this match. Because of the officials, because of VAR, something will happen, and Tuchel will probably lose it on the sidelines. Yeah. Um, I don't know why I slagged off LaCroix just there, by the way. It was weird. Just wanted to address that. But, yeah, this sucks. Mike Dean and Anthony Taylor are probably the two worst we could have drawn. So, Uh, we need to play a really good game. Yeah, we have to play. I mean, like, now we're battling Tottenham, and we're battling two of the worst officials in the premier league, you know? So it was like, okay, we're, yeah. this is already, you know, trending downwards, but more into the, uh, I guess, actual, you know, besides the two refs screwing us this match, you know, how do you feel about, you know, Tottenham and us matching up coming into the match? What's your first initial sort of thoughts on it? I am terrified that we are going to get waxed. Like I, I, what I'm scared of that I hope doesn't happen is that we get blown out because I, I think this is one of those games that you can like, yes, we're, I think that like on paper we're, we're, we seem okay, but it is one of those games that I think could get away from us very fast, especially if there are mistakes and especially if we have some refereeing decisions that don't go our way. And I think that we, we could be looking at like not just losing like three Oh four Oh, but like, I don't know that that's just a, that's just a feeling. But I also thought we were going to win three, one last game. So no one should listen to me ever, but I think that's what I'm most scared of. And maybe that's just like a pride thing. Maybe I just don't want to see us lose a, lose a Derby in this way. Um, the, the nice thing is, is that we are at home. So I think that that'll be good. Um, I'm happy about that. I was really encouraged by Sterling. Um, I'm really encouraged that Kane and Son didn't click <laughs> the last game. That doesn't mean they won't this game. Um, I don't expect another Eric Dyer goal. Um, I don't expect an own goal from us. So that's already two goals that they lose from last game. Um, but I I think we, we've already talked about our aging back line. I do not trust our midfield. Um, can can Sterling get on the end of one? Can Sterling get on the end of a Mount cross or a Reese cross um, or a Kukurea cross? Uh, surely Kukurea starts this game. Like, it's going to think- be, uh, I don't know. So the interesting thing about this is I, I was with you up until yesterday that I thought we'd probably just get waxed by Tottenham. Mm-hmm. Like just looking at the scoreline for one. So I was like, okay, well to do, since I'm, you know, co-host of a podcast, I should yeah. probably go watch the Tottenham Southampton match from, you know, this past weekend, just so I can be a little bit more informed. And so I'll watch the match. I didn't watch all of it. I watched the majority of it. You know, Southampton took the lead one nil, you know, early on in the match. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Tottenham wasn't exactly in complete control of the match, but the things I noticed about them is I they don't scare me as much as they did when I was just looking at the score. Because one mm-hmm. of their goals was an own goal. So take that one away. That's three. You know, their other goal, one of their goals was by Dyer, was just a ridiculous header. Like I don't know what it was. It would never should have gone in the goal. 
Southampton was playing with their backup goalkeeper for the mm-hmm. majority of the match. All the goals were scored. They gave away a penalty. Did they get no? That was another match. Sorry, wrong match. Um, so it was, it was not a. Uh, they didn't overly impress me with what they were doing. Essentially, what they did the entire game was spam crosses. That's all they did. Mm-hmm. It was go put it into Kane. Kane plays it out wide. They spam crosses into the box. That's all they were doing. So as long as Koulibaly and Silva understand that, we'll be fine. I think in this match they don't they don't scare me as much as watching them on paper. And then you go back and look at what Tuchel has done in the past against them. And the interesting thing is, is he's never gone three at the back against Tottenham. He's always played four at the back. Right. So he's gone four, three, three, and he's gone four, triple two in the three. He went four, triple two twice in the Carbo, a couple eggs. And then he went four, three, three when we beat him in the premier league in January. We have not let them score yet. It's awesome against us. So that's a big thing. I think that that's a, you know, something to look at now. Granted, we don't have Rudiger anymore, but to just to paint the picture for you, when we beat them two nil um, in the Carbo cup, now granted their lineup wasn't as strong as ours, but our starting back line was Sar, Sar, Rudiger, Alonzo and Aspie. That was our back line. Yeah. Our back line is a lot better than that now. Like we're, I mean, I can see Kukurea start. It, it'll be interesting to see if he lines up in the four three three or the four triple two. Like mm-hmm. how you know what he's going to do. I don't expect him to play three at the back. Um, so I'm thinking Koulibaly and Silva in the middle. Mm-hmm. I think Reese will be on the right, and it. I I think he'll probably start Chile on the left, mm-hmm. possibly. Um. So I feel like. You know, last three matches, we've kept clean sheets against them. And on top of that, Keppa was the goalie. <laughs> right. So, yeah. I mean, Mindy wasn't there. So, I feel like we've got a lot better shot after, you know, looking at stuff. I'm not as skeptical. I think we can hang with them more than I thought we could just on paper. So, well, yeah. And like just going back to what I was, I think I, that's just a fear that I have. Is that 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 would happen? I can like see it happening, but at derbies, usually always they're they're more closely contested, like mm-hmm. than um than that. But man, do I have nightmares about Kane and Son both getting a hat trick against us? Yeah, and I mean that's the thing is I can, I'm with you. I could totally see it happening too. Like it would not surprise me if we just get leaky in the back all of a sudden and give up three or four goals. It wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Um, but I think going with a four three three or four triple two favors our attackers more than sitting back in a mm-hmm. you know uh, whatever we want, we want to play three four three whatever we're going to play that however you want to look at our formation. So, but, um, who's your preferred up top then, based on either formation? Honestly, at this point, I don't like. I don't know. I, Sterling has to be in there. Oh, 100% Sterling starts. Just a question. Of, okay, so if you're playing a, a... All right, if we're playing a 4-3-3... See, that's the issue is who do I put on the right? Right. Because Sterling, you know, you need another winger out there. So you can put Sterling on the left or the right. So you need another winger out there. I guess you put Havertz in the middle. It's a mm-hmm. false nine again. Um, do you still do Mount? I mean... I mean, I put Mount in the midfield. Right, I drop right. him back. I would put, you know, I don't, I can't, I mean, out of just nobody else to start, not because I think he's the best player or deserves to start, but Pulisic yeah. would be, I guess, who you have to start on the opposite wing from, you know, Sterling, unless you, unless he wants to get fancy and put Cucurella up there, which I'm fine with, I'd be okay with that. Um, at the same time. So, and then, you know, have Mount and Conte yeah. and Kovacic in the midfield. Because I hard. don't want, yeah. Because yeah, I don't want, I don't want, um, I don't want, uh, Jorginho on the pitch. So I guess I have to start Conte and Kovacic and Mount in the midfield on the 4 3 3. Do you think, uh, a three man midfield helps Jorginho? 
he's better in a three-man midfield than he is a two-man midfield for yeah, sure. I agree. I agree with that. Um, because he has more cover, his defense is exactly. defense is lapsing isn't as noticeable. It's still there. Um, I don't know. I I think he's better with three in the midfield. I still think he sideways passes too much, but yeah, even in a three at the midfield. But it's it's going to be interesting. And I mean, I can see if he comes out in a four triple two, I could see him putting Cucurella at that left midfield spot somewhere mm-hmm. on one of in one of the twos. Um, so he could come out with something crazy. I could see Tuchel doing something just bananas this game for some reason. Like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that would be interesting to a uh, back four. I hadn't really thought that we would play back four um maybe this earlier against Tottenham and just try to like keep to what we've been drilling um but I wouldn't mind seeing it for sure so um and if if it's successful then he's a genius for sure and I mean but you I think you look at history number one you say okay he's never played three at the back against Tottenham because Tottenham plays or at least since Conte's been there when we played him at the beginning of the year last year at the first of the season, he played three at the back because Tottenham yeah, played right. four at the back. So you look historically, if Conte, Conte is not going to change his formation. He's going to play three at the back regardless. We know that from when he was here, he's not going to tinker with that formation very much. Tuchel's at least said, you know, if he comes up against a matchup, because I feel like the Sp- with Spurs playing three at the back, it's just, it's going to be, the, it would be the same thing as us playing Everton. Mm-hmm. Like we've got to get more creativity. We've got to get that ball moving forward more. And we, we, in order to break a team down and Tottenham so quick on the break, right. You know, you, we've got to have something to, to break them down with. We need that extra midfielder in there. We need that extra attacker in that, in the game. So it'll just be, it'll be interesting to see. It's, it'll be a, I mean, I'm, I'm glad Reese is here. Mm-hmm. And he will actually be getting to play these matches because I feel like he's going to provide better cover, you know, on the right side. He'll be able to get back and defend a little better because, I mean, when Spurs break, they break. So. So do you think um, if we get somebody like Fafana, do you, because I tend to think that we need at least one more player uh, on the back line. Mm-hmm. So, just for depth, for like these kind of situations, I'm under the impression, like this is just my strict opinion. I think he's making the switch to four at the back. Yeah, we look terrible. I don't think he's going to have a. At some point this season, I don't think we're going to have a choice but to go to four at the back because of depth issues. Yeah, it's center back because even if we we bring in Fofana, then you're sitting, you know. So I read it the other day. Somebody on uh, Reddit actually posted the depth that we would have um, at positions. So if you go, if you bring in Fofana, you would have Fofana um, at right center back, Silva at center, central center back, and Koulibaly at left center back. Mm-hmm. You know, backing them up, you know, the rumors Kukurela can play left center back. He played a little bit for Brighton. So you have him backing them up. You have Chalaba, and then you have Aspie, you know. Right. Backing up, and then James can also play right center back, and you have Ruben Loftus Cheek at right wing back. So technically, we have enough cover. I, I guess when if you look at it, we bring in Fofana. I just think it makes. I don't know. Silva can't play for at the back. I don't. We'll right. see. We'll see how yeah. he does Sunday. Will be a big test. I think Koulibaly can. So I, I would prefer just go ahead and rip the bandit off and switch it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't well, care. it's like you said, we it's have a history of doing this against Tottenham. Maybe, maybe what like what's going to change that now? And um, and I just I feel like I just have this very like these very basic non intelligent fears going into this game, and I think that that says more about us than it does about Tottenham. I think. So it just feels like one of the, you know, how sometimes you, you have a game that you feel like is going to line up and like it was your destiny to win it. I have Mm -hmm. the opposite feeling here, only that I think it's the, our destiny to lose it. 
and I don't want to feel that way, but I think I, I think I'm like thinking more emotionally than, than, uh, technically, but I don't know what I'm talking about anyway. So <laughs> everybody take it with a grain of salt. All yeah, of our listeners. I feel like though that, I mean, like I said, I have that same feeling too. This game could turn out bad, but at the same time, it's like, I'm trying to be, like I said, I'm going to be positive. I'm going to be upbeat this episode, Jason. Yeah. I'm trying to think more logically and less emotionally. So logically, it tells me that we have a lot better chance in this mm-hmm. game than I, than my emotionally speaking, think we have. Like Spurs have not scored on us since Tuchel and Conte have played. We beat them 2-0, 2-0, 1-0. Yeah. They have yet to score on us. Their team, they did bring us many players. They got Richarlson will be back this week. You'll be interested to see how much he plays. Mm-hmm. Um, they got Parasic now. Yeah, Parasic. Um, so, I mean, they brought in a couple of signings, and they've been working. My biggest fear with the Tottenham game, my biggest fear is match fitness. Because you saw the rumors, or not the rumors, but the videos that came out of Tottenham under Conte in preseason. The dudes are literally over there on the sidelines puking their guts out. And like <laughs> right. the, the training that he was putting them through was intense. We haven't had that same intense training with Tuchel because of all the travel we've done, everywhere we've been. You know, our preseason's been shorter. Like it, we're not at that match fitness level yet. So that's the part of the, the where I think Tottenham definitely one ups us in is they're definitely more match fit. Now they didn't really press too too mm. much against Southampton. They did a little bit, but not near as much as what I figured they would. You know, but we're still not going to be match fit like right. they are. So that may, that's probably my biggest nerve going into this game is our match fitness. And it was clear last game when we had players, you know, going down the 70th minute cramping up and, you know, had to sub off Koulibaly. It was clear that our match fit, and even Tuchel addressed it. You know, he said, we're not there yet. So, right. It's a, it's a big game for the, for the start of the season. What do you think a win like this does for the rest of the season? Do you think it has – like, obviously, a win here is incredible, but do you think that – because I tend to think losing at the beginning of the season is the way to go. Um, do you think that, though, this propels us in a way if we win it? Not really. Um, well, let me rephrase that. It could if we – if we see this team gel, like we were talking about last episode, they're not really, we don't feel like they're gelling quite yet, that they just need more time to be together. If we come out and score three, four goals, you know, they maybe score one, you know, maybe we keep a clean sheet again. They don't score any. Yeah, I could see that propelling us for sure. Yeah. Um. Now, if we come out and squeak out a 1-0 win and it just looks just like Everton, then no, I don't think it'll propel us at all. Yeah. Um. I agree with you that we losing in the beginning of the season is the way to go. I'd much rather lose in September than lose, you know, or August, whatever month we're in August, you know, then come March or April. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, if, if we're going to lose one, uh, like it would be this one. I tend to think like in terms of like, of, of points, like there are teams that I think we definitely need to beat. And there are things that teams that I think that's okay to draw. And mm-hmm. I, I, my, I've already stated my fear several times that we're going to get blown out. I don't logically think we will. I just am terrified we will. Um, but I choose to jump on your logic as well and think that it's going to be a lot closer than I'm fearing. Um, but yeah, I, I tend to think like if we can at least draw against the big six and, and eke out some, a couple wins, and then win the games we're supposed to, then we're in good position to score a lot of points uh, for the Premier League table. So draws like that, to me, I tend to think are worth more than than a lot of people give them credit for as well. So I think a draw or a win, but it's like you said, it depends on the type of – because if it's, if it's a hard-fought draw, then sure, like that – Mm-hmm. You're going to feel like you earned it. Maybe that propels you. It was a hard fought win. Like you're still, you still won and that will, that will propel you. If, um, 
a little, but not as much as if you, if Tottenham comes to our house and we destroy them. So that would be nice. But anyway, I'm just mm-hmm. kind of rambling here now, but like, I, that's just how I think about it. Like if we could, it, I would be happy with a draw, I think in this game. So I'm kind of jumping ahead. A little yeah. Bit. I, no, it's fine. I would take a draw too. I mean, I think that the fact that we're not, our team isn't gelling right now. We clearly don't have the final pieces in yet because we're still doing business in the transfer window. Um, yeah, I, I'd be fine with a draw. Um, I'm big on protecting your home field when you yes. play, which we have not done very well these last few years. You know, we have not, Stanford Bridge is not a intimidating place for teams to come in and play anymore like it used to be. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately, exactly. So for that reason, I feel like um, it's just one of those things that we we really gotta. I don't, I don't know. I I could see a draw. I would take a draw. I wouldn't be you know mad about a draw. I would. I really hope we can pull out a win. I think we can pull out a win. I I really do. Uh, so I don't know. Yeah. I just it's it's gonna be a. I think it's going to be a good game. And I mean, I think it goes back to, to how are the officials going to play this game? Like, because we know this is a derby. It's Tottenham and Chelsea is going to get nasty at some point. Like it is going to get nasty. So it's a question of, are we going to get red carded? You know, somebody like Anthony Taylor was the one who red carded Reese James in the Arsenal derby last year at the beginning of the season. Right. This is the same guy. So it's like, are we going to have to struggle through that playing with 10 men? So it's all these different variables that I look at. I think tactically, coaching-wise, player-wise, we can win the game. I just don't know about the the match fitness variable or the refing variable that is going to come into play in all of this. And it, that's what makes me nervous about this game. And that's why I'm sort of, too, like, okay, emotionally – I could see us losing this. Yeah. I could see us getting thumped because something stupid's going to happen and we're just not going to show up. But yeah. And I don't know. at the end of the day, it's a Derby and we have to step up here. Like the, like if we're going to step up in any game, like I, I, I think we can handle a loss here and like our season's fine, but like for, for pride, for just general, like, mentality like we've got to display a lot of mentality on the field and i think that like this is going to be i i guess i asked that question earlier because i could totally see this as a tipping point for the season and i could see it going either way depending on like how like even this early i could depending on how we win or how we lose or and how we play obviously and and that goes into every game but for some reason we got Tottenham second game of the season, which, which it just it feels like this could be a tipping point. So I, I guess that's where some of that elementary fear comes in. Like if we get blown out in this game, I like don't have a lot of hope for the season. Um, but we've been blown out in games before and we've bounced back. So I just I have these really elementary fears now that I don't feel like I used to have all the time with Chelsea. And I just have a lot of trepidation no matter the game. So I'm not trying to put like a sour downer thing. I think my prediction will not reflect my fear. But I also think that like those fears are there and I hate battling through them. Like this is if we were a team that people were scared to play at home or were scared to play in general or we had a team that was firing that hasn't been firing for several years now, then this would be a way different conversation. But I, I have to work through the fear and get back to your brilliant logic to <laughs> like every game um, because I just don't know what to expect from the players. But it's a huge game. I'm, I'm always pumped for a derby. I will be watching it with my box of Cheez-Its, which I destroyed a freaking box of Cheez-Its last week. I cannot do this every week. You're probably going to need extra boxes of cheeses for this match. I, dude, I have to get the family sauce or whatever. But like, <laughs> yeah, I destroyed a box of cheeses last week. You're right. I'll get a bigger box this week. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm pumped for it. I, I look forward to it. I have a lot of fear 
Um, but I think that's just normal now. I just would rather not have to work through that kind of thing with this team. And I hope that the way we play might ease that uh, moving forward. So, For sure, for sure. So with all that being said, I think um, the big thing the big thing is, is like, how are we going to, you know, start the game off? How are we going to play in the middle? How are we going to finish? I need to see this team come out with some heart, with some passion. Like you said, this is a derby game. This isn't just, this isn't just Brighton. This isn't just, you know, um, I don't know. I was about to say Leeds, but that's pretty intense (laughs) rivalry too. Um, you know, this isn't just Southampton. Like this is like a serious, like this is Tottenham. Like this is a derby against one of our most hated rivals like you better show up to play in this game chelsea like you better show up ready to kick somebody in the knee like i don't care like (laughs) i need angry i need angry reese to show up this game just ready to whoop somebody so yeah i don't know yeah don't injure i don't know but just you know or at least don't let the ref see no i'm just kidding i don't like it when anybody gets injured um but uh but yeah, I, I want them angry too. I want them on the field. I want them Diego Costa all up and down that field. Rile them up, get in their face, do what you got to do to win the foul, do what you got to do to win the call, do what you got to do to win the ball, do what you got to do to put it in the back of the net. I'm with you. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now we'll make a note. Uh, there is, uh, I believe it's Tottenham's. Let me try and figure out which way they were. I don't remember. One of their wingbacks, last name Royal. I'm going to go and make a prediction that you will hate this guy before the end of the match, Jason. Oh, man. I hated you Gordon hate last him. match. So is anything oh, like gosh. that guy? Yeah. Oh, he's worse. He's worse than Gordon. Okay. So, yeah, he, you, the, he's my man to watch for this match that I'm probably going to want to punch in the face after this oh, match. Oh, man. Bit, so. Oh, okay. I need two boxes of Cheez-Its. But I'll, I'll probably <laughs> do what you did and just go back and rewatch their game because I just watched like a highlight or two. So... Um, I'll do a little oppo research like you did. So thanks for being a trendsetter on this podcast. No problem, man. I do what I can. All right. Well, it comes down to this. Uh, Jason, what is uh, your score predictions? Uh, Our score prediction. Prediction, singular, not plural, Daniel. Learned grammar. Um, What's your score prediction for this match against Spurs? Okay. This is going very opposite of my fear stated earlier. 2-2 draw. I, I can't hate it. Uh, I'm going one goal more for each team. I'm going three, three draw. Whoa. It's going to be a barn burner. Yeah. Okay. It's going to be, a, I, I had this epiphany while we were sitting here talking about it. I just see Tottenham fans trolling us because we gave up three goals and our Jersey has three on the oh, front of no. it. And I just have a feeling that's going to happen. So um, I'm going three, three draw in this one. I don't think, I think the low scoring match is out the window. I don't, for whatever yeah. reason, I just feel like there's going to be goals. We're going to find goals and they're going to find goals. And it's just going to be, it's going to be an intense, n- probably not a f- fun match from a fan perspective to watch because we're going to be nervous yeah. throughout the whole thing. And that's going to suck, but it's going to be a good match. I think, I don't think either team's getting blown out three, three draw. That's my prediction. Um, yeah, I like it. You know, I thought that we would get more three jokes when three was our sponsor um, than we did or than we have. So it would be a Tottenham fan that would come up with a joke like that. Like, get better jokes. Like, that's an old joke now. Like, that was, Mm -hmm. it's not even a joke. Like, it never really became that big of a joke. Like, stupid Tottenham fans. I I hate Tottenham so much. Have I told you my story about I used to have a professor in art school from England? And um, he was an Arsenal fan. And I oh ran gosh. into him at the grocery store one day. The nicest guy. Like, uh, the most I can say about... Well, I do really like Arsenal fans. <laughs> but, um, so anyway, we see each other at the store. We're checking out. We um, we both had a game that day. So there was a Chelsea game and an Arsenal game. I can't remember which game. But, um, so he goes, hey, so what do you got going on? And I was like, well, I'm about to go watch the Chelsea game. And he goes, oh, yeah, I'm going to go watch the Arsenal game. And then at the same time, genuinely, this happened. We both looked at each other and said, at least you're not a Tottenham fan. (laughs) It's about the only thing Arsenal and Chelsea fans can agree on is at least you're not a Tottenham fan. I will never forget that. And I've hated Tottenham even more since then. So there. Yeah, I definitely Tottenham is definitely my most hated team. 
in the EPL, Same. like as far as Chelsea fans. Arsenal is not trailing too far behind at second, but there's definitely more hatred for Tottenham than, you know, Arsenal at this point in time. See, I need Arsenal to never win again because their YouTube uh, people are so fun to watch break down. Golly, I would want to hang out with those people. Like, I, I just always want to be friends with them. And I don't, I know um, they, like a fundamental level we can't be, but I want it. Yeah, there are some interesting, there's some interesting, there was a, there was a, yeah, it's just, they're nuts. They're crazy. The fact, mm-hmm. you know, troops cracks me up. You so know, good. It, yeah, they're, when they, it, that's the thing about Arsenal. It's like, it's so fun to see them lose because of the meltdown that their fans yes. have. Like, that's what makes Arsenal losing so great. Yes. They cannot um, be successful this season. I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> for sure. For sure. All right. Well, uh, we're going to get out of here, guys. Uh, y'all uh, catch this podcast, and then we'll uh, be back Sunday night with a match review. Hopefully a positive, upbeat, oh yeah, energetic after a Chelsea win, even though we're both predicting draws. Um Chelsea win this uh, weekend, so we can't win them all, guys. Don't don't be unrealistic. We're not going to have an immaculate season with this team, so not not yet. We'll get there, not yet. Um, so y'all join us uh, Sunday night as well. Uh, so uh, Jason, why don't you tell them where they can find us? Yeah, yeah, we're the ball in foot. We uh, got one thing up on certain things, and Daniel does a great job at Twitter. If you're on Instagram, it's the ball in foot pod. Um, the ball and is coming sometime. We, we got jobs like chill out, like stop hitting us up in our DMS on Twitter about when we're getting a website. Like I'm sick of hearing about it. So, uh, we'll get you like, we love you. Thank you for visiting all of the things we have. Um, even though they're, they're misnamed in some places because Instagram is, is, uh, I digress, but we love you. Thanks for visiting. Yeah, man, I tell him, you, Jason, you've got to uh, DM, slide into Instagram's DMs with a nipple pic, and they'll give you whatever you want. Like, that's that's the key. Just give them a little nip, and they'll give you whatever you want. Wait, but they're supposed to give me a nip so that I give them the website. <laughs> oh, Just man. Just half a nip. That's all I need. Just half a nip. That's all we need. Half a nip, guys. Oh, anyway, uh, yeah, catch us on iTunes and Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast at. Um for uh, Daniel, he's Jason. Uh, I'll catch you on the flip side. Yeah, that's a big old flippity floppity. Yeah.